You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Our podcast team is taking a break this week from the daily news. But don't fret, you can get your daily dose of cybersecurity news at our website, thecyberwire.com. In the meantime, we've got interviews for you this week, some interesting people we've talked to throughout the year. So stay with us. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. My guest today is Scott Schober. He's the president of Berkeley Veritronic Systems and author of the book Hacked Again. In the book, he shares his own story of finding himself hacked and how that began an unintentional journey toward becoming an author and cybersecurity expert. Well, as a company, we have for many years, and this really goes back to about mid to late 80s, developed wireless test equipment to build out the cellular networks, everything to do to make our cell phones work. So we understand a fair amount about 
cell phone technology and maybe more particular uh, radio frequency, how signals propagate. And in the process of all that, we also learn a lot about the vulnerabilities. And we started to sell more and more, more to law enforcement groups. Uh, we've sold cellular interceptors in the past to catch bad guys and drug dealers and things like that. So we've always had a a crisscross in that industry, but but more and more in probably the past five years, as we started to develop some of our tools, the focus became more and more on security. Security, because our smartphones can do everything and they could be eavesdropping devices and can be used for spying of all types. So uh, in the process of all that, um, I started sharing tips and how to stay safe and so on and so forth. Well, the more I started educating people and sharing with different audiences, the more I became a target. And as I became a target, we started to receive uh, various attacks on our business and myself personally. And it, it kind of all started with a credit card, a debit card, our Twitter account compromised, uh, repeated DDoS attacks to our website. Uh, the list goes on and on. But at one point, we had uh, $65,000 taken out of our checking account, and it became a uh, federal investigation and a big ordeal. And, and shortly after that point, I realized, uh, obviously, this is not coincidence when these things are happening to my business, A to Z, as well as myself personally. And I started sharing the story with a couple people. And, and after a while, everyone said, geez, this is an interesting story. You learned a lot in the process. You really should share some of this with people. And in the end of it, it, it became a uh, an idea that turned into to writing a little bit, which turned into a book, and uh, I put it out there and, and got even more attention, I guess, as a result of it, even though that wasn't really my intent. The intent was really to educate people and share my story of what I learned, the mistakes I made in the process, so hopefully readers uh, and the audience could learn how to stay safe from hackers, because it seemed like the problem was getting worse, not better. When you look back on, on those days when you got hacked, when you look at uh, the security measures that you had in place, were, w did you think they were adequate at the time? Was it something that you put a whole lot of thought into? Yeah, great question. And, and uh, actually, I'm probably like everybody else. I thought, I'm not going to be a target. I'm pretty safe. I'm careful. Uh, I wouldn't say I was paranoid back then. I, I am now paranoid in contrast. But uh, some of the areas I probably was a little lax in were uh, certainly passwords. And many people, and I, I preach this all the time now, and yet if I look back in history, I, I, was, a, I was guilty of this too. Uh, using weak passwords, easy to remember. Reusing the same password across multiple sites is a big no-no. And was I guilty of that? Yeah, I'll admit it, I was. Um, and some of those things, I think, played into making it easier to be a victim and be targeted by hackers so they're successful. So we all need to take caution and use long and strong passwords. And yet we hear it every single day. But typically when I present at uh, cybersecurity events or business seminars or wherever, I usually like to poll the audience. And I find that a good percentage of people, and I would probably say maybe 40 plus percent of the people still are using weak passwords and reuse their passwords across multiple sites, which con con really is concerning to me and should concern everybody that's listening to just stop and take your time and, and create long and strong passwords. It, it would save yourself so much aggravation because 
Uh, I always relate that if you look at all the major breaches, they all have one thing in common, and it's over 80% of them. It's somehow a password was compromised. That means that's one thing in our control. We can create long and strong passwords that are hard to hack, and the hackers will move on to the next victim. You mentioned in the book that there's a, a tendency, maybe even a natural tendency, for people to not want to talk about uh, you know, what happened to them when they got hacked. But, but you say, no, we should really share these stories. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was no different. Um, when this happened to me, I was a little embarrassed, and, and embarrassed from uh, family, friends, work colleagues, business associates, general public. I, you don't want to tell people that you have weaknesses or that you let your guard down or you were even targeted. Um, at, at one point, I, I got a phone call. It was actually from the Associated Press, and they got wind of my story and said, do you mind if we talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, as a small business owner and some things about security? And I said, well, okay. And they, then they brought up, well, we heard that you were compromised. I said, geez, I don't know if I want to delve into that and share my full story. And they said, well, we really do want to hear it from you as a business owner because other business owners then can protect themselves so they don't go down that same path. And I said, geez, you know what? If this is going to help one other business owner, it's worth it because I don't want anybody to go through the aggravation that I went through. So that helped me at that moment in time during that interview. I kind of clicked the switch and said, you know what? Maybe it's my mission to share these things, even though it's embarrassing as all means. It might help other people. And they're going to take active steps because I learned how to take active steps and be more proactive with my security posture. Other people can do the same without having to be embarrassed or intimidated or even spend a lot of money for that part. Just using best practices and common sense can do a world of goods fighting cybercrime. As we go through the book, I mean, you, you really go through and, and cover most of the uh, the threats that are out there. In your mind, what are the top ones that people need to uh, be wary of? Well, besides what I mentioned with, with passwords, I think one that comes up to me almost on a, a daily basis is, is just people are always asking me about, hey, is this email legitimate? Is this a phishing attack? How do I identify it? So there's a lot of simple things you can do out there just to identify if it is truly a phishing attack. And, uh, and, and basically a phishing attack, for those that are not familiar with it, is where you're, rec- you're receiving an email and it's got a, an attachment in it that seems extremely credible and it, you want to click on it because you think it's a document from a coworker or somebody that you know. And since it's so convincing, you don't even think twice. So I always caution people, stop, analyze it, ask yourself, is this person going to really send me this? Am I expecting this? If you're unsure, don't click, pick up the phone, send them a text, send them a separate email directly, whatever it is, just to verify, take a a moment to make sure you're not making a mistake because they look so convincing. And I'll share a brief um, experience. This happened not too long ago. It's not in the book, but I was heading away for a vacation, and I was just checking my email, closing down my computer. I removed, disconnected from the Internet to be safe because I'm, again, paranoid. But in the process of that, I saw an email come up from my cable company, and I read it, and it says that I have to update my credentials on their website. And I'm thinking, well, that's weird. I never go to their website. So I was about to click it, and then I stopped and said, 
And, and somewhere in the message it said, otherwise we're going to have to shut your cable off. And I said, oh, it'll be a mess to, to, to get that back going again. I said, wait, this makes absolutely no sense. I don't pay my bill through their website. I don't log on to their website. Why would I click on here? So I, I figured, let me call their 1-800 customer support number and, and mention this. It looks like it might be a scam. I get the customer support representative on the phone. And I said, miss, I said, I, I received this email. It tells me to click update my login information there or my cable will be terminated. I said, this makes absolutely no sense. And she goes, oh, no, no, sir. That's a standard email. Just make sure you click on there and follow the instructions and update your, your username and your password. I, I just got off the phone with somebody saying the same thing. And I said, wait, stop. I said, this is a scam. She goes, no, it isn't, sir. I just got off the phone with someone. I said, put your manager on. The manager comes on. I explain the whole thing. He goes, thank you, sir. We're going to have to talk to her and give her some more training about um, email phishing scams. <laughs> so here it was. I was paranoid. I almost clicked. I called the company itself and was about to, if I followed through and clicked, and the average customer probably would do that because it sounded so convincing. She was just misinformed. But you could see how you can go down the path and things sound too good to be true and seem like they're innocent and okay. You click on there, and, and certainly what would have happened, more than likely, I would have probably had malware downloaded on my system or ransomware or whoever, you know, who knows what could have happened there. But fortunately, I stopped. So half the time, best practices is stop and question things. Make a phone call, investigate it. Take your time, otherwise you could be the victim of, uh, of ransomware or a specific uh, malware that gets downloaded onto your computer. The book does a, does a really good job of explaining all the different types of attacks, and, and uh, one of the things I like about it is it's, it's really approachable even for people who may not know much about the security world. Um, for those of us who are professionals, who are in the security world, what kind of take-homes would they get from the book? Uh, great question. I, I try to, to to balance that for somebody that's truly a novice to somebody that's really more maybe an IT professional, somebody that has knowledge about cybersecurity. Those that have knowledge, I think what they'll probably find, and I've heard a couple people say this, yeah, we know it, it won't happen to me. But again, it's going to make you stop and hopefully back up and think a little bit deeper and analyze things. So again, if you're if you're creating what you think is a long and strong password, for example, even if you're a cybersecurity expert and think, well, this ain't gonna happen to me, this is 12 characters, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you wanna take the next step. Maybe you wanna consider using a password manager or perhaps you wanna test the, the validity and strength of your password. So it's, it's hopefully pushing people, even with expertise, to go a little bit further and make sure that they're putting up their defenses so that they're not going to be the victim of a cyber attack. And hopefully those that are savvy and do understand the world of cybersecurity and educate people, they might back up and think, well, you know what? If this happened to him, maybe it can happen to me and I shouldn't be complacent. I shouldn't be in denial. So a fair amount of this is psychological. We have to almost get into the hacker's mind and understand what is their intent? What's their motive? And when we can understand that, we can then transition and say, okay, here's what I could do to make their job difficult. It's not going to be impossible because everything is hackable, in my opinion. Nothing is 100% secure. We have to go in with that mindset so we can take steps. Again, whether we're novice or whether we're an expert, we have to take proactive steps to make their job harder. When we do that, they will move on to the next target every single time because generally, as a statement, hackers are lazy. They're looking for that low-hung fruit. They want to move in. They want to get out, and they, they want to cover their path 
and not be detected so they can, can accumulate whatever they're accumulating or stealing. As you were making your way through the, the research process for the book, did you come across anything that was particularly surprising? Um, I, I think thinking back as I was writing it and I was able to somewhat relate it to different things throughout my life, I, I was surprised at how many other people I talked to in the process that were going through similar pains. And, and I, I kind of thought at first, well, this is just happening to me. But I was sharing the story as I was writing it, and then people would kind of comment back and say, you know, yeah, I had my credit card compromised too. You know, I had my debit card. What a pain it was to get the money back in the process. And I asked the bank, and they didn't provide information. So I, what I found was in my one story that thought, I thought was very isolated and targeted, which it was, there are thousands of other stories of consumers and business owners and so on and so forth. So what I realized, I am not alone. And there really is strength in sharing information. And that's the number one thing that came out of this. The more I share, the more people share their stories back. They share their tips, the products they use, what works and what doesn't work. And why is that such a valuable lesson? And I think I touch on this in the book. In, in the world of of, of cyber thieves in, in the dark web, they share information often freely, uh, effective hacking campaigns, effective hacking tools, know-how. That sharing of information empowers them to be very effective at hacking people and very successful. But yet on the, on the surface level with consumers and small business owners, government agencies, re, real, you know, uh, retail everyone, we don't share enough information one small business owner may be compromised and keeps that a secret. Well, the guy across the street may be suffering the same thing or may have those same vulnerabilities. If we collectively as a community of good guys share this information, we come together, we will all be safer. So that was a great takeaway that as I got into the process, I again started out as an island but then I think I, I kind of opened up the floodgates of, of, and I get literally today, I just got off a phone call before this, People were asking for advice, asking questions. What product do I use? Would I be willing to try this and get give them their feedback? I, I enjoy that, hearing from different individuals, their experiences, good, bad, and ugly, keeps me safer, my business safer, and hopefully I could share these things back with the greater community to keep everyone safer. Our thanks to Scott Schober for joining us. The title of the book is Hacked Again. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.
And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. 